1: It distorts the vision and inflates your ego so much that you can't tell the difference between truth and fiction. In fact, pride can cause you to believe a lie. And it starts to become true for you. When you believe the lie, dangerous. Amaziah thought of himself much stronger than he really was. But he had been warned. God had warned him, and I love that about the Lord. He will always warn you.
0: Are you prideful? It's an uncomfortable question to ask, but it's a dangerous place to be if you don't look deep into your heart often to see if pride has crept in. Today in his message, Pastor Dave shows us how pride took over one of the kings in the Old Testament and ruined his life. Let this message be a warning to keep pride far from your heart. Now, here's Pastor Dave of the book of 2 Kings chapter 14 as he continues his message, Half-Hearted Commitment.
1: I'll be the first to admit it. Waiting is tough. When we're going through some things, you've got to act, you've got to do some things. We rush into disobedience and boom. Next thing you know, we're facing these consequences. Amaziah finally obeys the Lord a roundabout way. He eventually obeys the Lord and he defeats the Edomites. He defeats them and has this victory. It's interesting here that the city of Selah some believe it to be the ancient rock city in the desert known as Petra. Some believe that it's this city. The new name of Jakphil means God destroys. So he went in, wiped this city out, and named it, renamed it God Destroys. Again, we get a better picture in 2 Chronicles, and we find out that Amaziah did not use the mercenaries after the prophet told him the danger. So you can see him doing some right things here. You can see him doing some things right. And then we get to verses 8 through 14. Let's read those now. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoiash, the son of Jehoiahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. And Jehoash, king of Israel, sent Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. You have indeed defeated Edom, and your heart has lifted you up. Glory in that, and stay at home. For why should you meddle with trouble, so that you fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed. Therefore Jehoash, king of Israel, went out, so he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his tent. Then Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah of Judah, the son of Jehoshaphat, son of Azahiah, at Beth Shemesh. And he went to Jerusalem, broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of the Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house and hostages and returned to Samaria. Well, what's going on here? Sometimes when we get a little victorious, we get a little puffed up. I beat that guy up pretty good. I'm ready to take on the next one. Sometimes, when we get victorious and we have a victory, our head starts to swell and we can't get our turban on. We can't seem to put our shirt on anymore because our head is swollen because we had this victory, and somehow we think we had something to do with it. Look what I did. Aren't I great? Well, that's what's happening here. He beat the Edomites. After the Lord told him how to beat the Edomites, now he wants to do battle with the northern kingdom. Once again, going to Second Chronicles, after Amaziah defeated the Edomites, we're told, here comes the rub in 2 Chronicles. After Amaziah defeated the Edomites, he took some of their gods back to Jerusalem with him. There comes the rub. Here comes the rub. Following the Lord in the battle. Wins the battle. I'm just going to take several of these gods, take them back to Jerusalem. That's not a good thing. I have written here, Amaziah's head gets too big for his helmet. he decides he wants to do battle. He calls out the king of the northern kingdom. It's interesting that Amaziah ignores all the warnings that is sent to him. 2 Chronicles 25, the prophet. He ignored the writings of Samuel. Specifically, Proverbs 18.12. Before destruction, the heart of the man is haughty. Before destruction, the heart of the man is haughty. Amaziah must have not read that part. Even the king of the northern Israel, Jehoash, warns Amaziah that, hey, your pride is getting the better of you. Maybe Amaziah wanted to unite the country. I don't know. Jehoash's answer is similar to the parable of Jothan who spoke in Judges 9, 7 through 20. Amaziah's problem was simply one word, pride. He saw himself as a strong cedar, when in reality he was a weak thistle. He was just a weak thistle, and he was going to be crushed by the wild beast, the wild beast being the army of the northern kingdom. He was warned. You know, if a person is truly humble... He sees things as God sees them, and he doesn't live on illusions or delusions. We need to live on truth. We need to live on that which is true. And when God gives us a victory, God deserves the credit. God deserves the glory. God deserves the honor for giving you or me the victory. He doesn't want us to run off and go, Look what I did. I'm so great. I think I'll try it again what he wants us to do. He wants us to wait on him and learn from him and learn in his word that a pride is a horrible thing and a haughty heart is dangerous. We get ourselves lifted up. I want Jesus to lift me up. I want God to lift me up. Word says if you humble yourself before him, he will lift you up. He will exalt you in due time. Don't exalt yourself. Pride blinds the mind. It distorts the vision and inflates your ego so much that you can't tell the difference between truth and fiction. In fact, pride can cause you to believe a lie. And it starts to become true for you. And you believe the lie. Dangerous. Amaziah thought of himself much stronger than he really was. But he had been warned. God had warned him, and I love that about the Lord. He will always warn you. God will always give you a warning. He will always send someone your way to say, I don't think that's a great idea, and give you scripture to back it up. He will send all sorts of warnings towards your way. What does the scripture say about temptation? He always gives you what? An out. He always gives you an out. Amaziah didn't take his out. You know, sometimes we experience victories by the grace of God and we experience these things by his goodness and then we take on the air of invincibility. Nothing can harm me now. Nothing's going to stop me. I mean, the last party I went to, I didn't partake of the drugs or the alcohol. So you know what? I can go back again. I can go back another time because I'm invincible. I can say no to this stuff. We don't realize. And then we start to forsake the Lord. We start to set them on side. We start to do things that are harmful to our bodies. And then we get into trouble. And we start to cry out, Lord, how did I get here? How could you let me go here? (laughs) And it all of a sudden becomes his fault. Amaziah rejected the warnings of God. He rejected the warnings from the king of the northern kingdom and invades Israel. Pride goes before a fall. He invaded Israel. How many times men and women of God had been undermined by overconfidence? Well, they put themselves in situations that they think won't affect them. Even when they hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't go. Stay away. You'll only get harm. What happens? Well, we read it. His army is soundly defeated. They're whooped up. They're really beaten, and to top it off, he is captured. He is taken away. Imagine, one minute you're sitting in your palace with all your servants, and you're just sitting there in all this lusciousness and getting waited on hand and foot and have everything you ever want, and all of you say, I think I'll go to war today. Yeah, I think I'll go get some more, some more land. And you go out there, and you get your butt kicked. The next thing you know, you're in a deep, dark dungeon. happened real fast. Instead of a great victory, it was a great defeat. Then you leave your capital building open. You leave your capital building open because now you're captured and their army of the Israelites storm in there. They take out 600 feet of wall. 600 feet of wall they take out. Do you know what that does to your defense system? You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a military strategist to know that that wall does not end there anymore and you can come right in. Takes your entire defense system out. 600 feet of wall is a pretty big wall. How vulnerable would they be to future attacks? And then they go in and they go into the palace and they take all sorts of goodies and treasures and they even go into the temple of the Lord and take some of those leaders hostage. My point that I'm trying to make is when you only have a half-hearted commitment to the Lord, you are setting yourself up for these type of activities. We're setting ourselves up. We are our worst enemy. I tell people that the worst enemy of my Christianity is me. We are our worst enemies. When we look at these things, we get a victory, and we start to get puffed up. We think we can take on the world, and unfortunately, we can't, and we get eaten up and spit out. We end up in some damp, dark hole, wondering how we got there. And then when you start to think back, it's because you half-heartedly gave yourself to the Lord. We cannot commit halfway to the Lord. I don't know why. This is how my mind works. Forgive me, please. I don't know why this crazy song from Oklahoma is going through my head. When the girl says to the guy, with me it's all or nothing. That's the way it should be with us and God. It should be all or nothing. We can't be half-hearted, committed to God. We've got to give him all. He gave all to us, so we should give him all back and not hold anything back. Amaziah is in a bad spot. From his own doing, he's in a bad spot. 15 through 22. 22. Now, the rest of the acts of Jehoash, which he did, his might, and how he fought with Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of chronicles of the kings of Israel? Yes, they are. So Jehoash rested with his fathers and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then Jeroboam, his son, reigned in his place. This will become Jeroboam the second. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Jehoash, the son of Jehoiaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Yes, they are. And when he gets back, here's what happens to him. They formed a conspiracy against him, Amaziah, in Jerusalem. He found out about it, and he fled to Lachish, but they sent after him to Lachish and killed him. Then they brought him on horses, and he was buried at the city with his father in the city of David. And all the people of Judah took Azahiah who was 16 years old and made him king instead of his father Amaziah he built Elta and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers king Amaziah is exiled for 15 years he returns to Jerusalem briefly and we find out in second chronicles that he co-reigns with his son for a very brief time and because of his idolatry Some of the leaders didn't like his idolatry, so they formed a conspiracy, and he found out about it. He runs away, but they follow him, and they kill him. Let's wrap this up. What lessons can we learn from this? What what lessons can we take? He's a tragic figure. He really is a tragic figure. He was presented with fantastic opportunities. He experienced help from the Lord, but he was double-minded, and he only committed himself halfway to the Lord. He had his own agenda. He wanted to do things his way. He did not take time to seek the Lord, to ask for his help in anything that he did. He knew what he was doing. This overconfidence will result in disgrace if we're not careful and seek the Lord before we make a move. Nobody in here wants to be disgraced. Nobody in here on your mind today, thinks, what can I do to make myself disgraceful? What can I do to make my parents unhappy with what? We're not thinking that. But we half-heartedly commit to the Lord, and we don't listen to him when he speaks, when he sends us warnings. We don't listen, and we move out on our own, and we're ended up this way. Overconfidence decreases our defense system. We let our guard down, and we lower our protection overconfidence diminishes our worship when we're overconfident our ability to worship lessons our desire to worship is even halted or lessens. i don't need to worship ah, come on i don't need that and finally overconfident destroys your freedom it makes you in bondage again it puts you back in bondage Overconfidence puts you back in bottles. If I meddle in areas that I should not be meddling in, I'm going to be carried off and held hostage somewhere by something. Happens all the time with people who have used, and they start using again. People are addicted to one thing, they overcome it, and they start using something else. Happens all the time. They're carried off, and they're held hostage. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been set free by the cross of Jesus Christ. We have been set free. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. We have been set free. I need to be in constant contact with the Holy Spirit. I need to be listening to Him and allowing Him to lead me, allowing Him to guide me. I need to listen to His calling. I need to listen to His instructions, and then I need to obey them and move forward, not backwards. Amaziah had a half-hearted relationship with the Lord. He wasn't fully committed. Instead... He trusted in his own self. In me, Paul says, in my flesh dwells all kinds of wonderful things. Didn't he say that? No. The apostle Paul said, in me, in my flesh dwells nothing good. No good thing. But yet we trust in it all the time. We constantly trust in that flesh. and It'll let us down every single time when we try to do things in our own power. When we try to do things in our own way, even though we're getting warnings here and there, here and all kinds of things, that we try to do these things, we can't do it. Scripture is quite clear. Scripture is quite clear about these things. If you read in Zechariah, he says, Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And if you're not trusting in the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you that you are trusting in something else. Trusting in something else. Please, brothers and sisters, my love for you is great and I want to see us all be fully committed to the Lord in all areas of our lives. Let's break down the high places that we've stored up. Those high places that we've set up. Those idols and things that we've been worshiping on the side that nobody knows about. Let's break those down. Let's destroy them so that the Lord can take priority in our lives and there's nothing competing for his love let's break down those high places we've put them up let's listen wisely to the leading of the holy spirit and follow him follow the lord as he leads he says i'll never leave nor forsake you i will be with you even until the end of the age that's what he says He wants nothing more than to guide you and lead you into the abundant life. And that abundant life comes from trusting solely in him. You've heard the old saying, being sold out for the Lord. Used to be a saying that we all kicked around. Are you sold out for the Lord? But it means giving him everything. I'm sold out. I give you everything. You bought me with a price. I belong to you. Well, therefore, I'm going to give you everything. That's what it means. That's what we need to do as a congregation, individually. That's what we need to do. And that's what I don't see happening here. See, this is an Old Testament story. It's a history lesson. But look at the things we can glean from it and how we can look and say, okay, what do I need to apply to my life? Hmm, is that a high place? Ah, Lord, show me. Show me if that's a high place. Is that getting in the way? What's going on? Has my worship diminished because I'm overconfident? Have I dropped my defenses because I'm overconfident? Have other things happened because of my overconfidence, because of my pride, because I'm trusting in other things other than you, Lord? Be honest with them. Guess what, gang? He knows anyhow. So wouldn't it be better to be honest with him? He wants to show his love to you in such a special way. He wants to lavish you Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we would be called His sons and daughters. And that word, behold what manner, it's a lavishing. He just wants to pour that love out on top of you. He wants to just grab you and give you a little looking on the head and tell you how much He loves you. He just wants to do that to you. Won't we just allow Him by giving Him everything I am. Lord, we just give you everything we are. Take all of me, Lord. Don't leave anything back. Take all of you. Then he's going to say, well, have you given me all? So as we go into our prayer time, maybe that's what we should be praying for. Maybe that's what we should be asking the Lord for. Maybe that's what we should be talking to the Lord about. Not in condemnation. There was nothing in condemnation here. If you took it as condemnation, then you'd better get before the Lord and look at it. There's no condemnation here. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. These are exhortations. These are encouraging to you. God loves you. We esteem each and every one of you. And that's why we are so passionate about having you to walk in the way of the Lord. About having you to walk in the way of the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you haven't even been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to do that. To give the Holy Spirit full reign of your body and to submit to him. And let him empower you. That's what it's all about. Father God, thank you. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your love, your mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for thinking so highly of us that you would let your son die for us. Lord, how dare we take it for granted? How dare we not give it ourselves to you fully and completely? When you've given us everything you have, you've given us your best. How dare I, Lord, hold anything back and not give you my best? Oh, Lord, be glorified in our lives. Touch us mightily tonight, Lord. Help us, Lord, now to take these words and apply them. Seeing an example here of a man who seemed to start out good, but he kind of fell because of his own pride. Help us, Lord, please. Oh Lord, we need you desperately. We can't make it on our own. Thank you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, now that as we go to prayer, Lord, that you would hear our prayers and that you would help us, Lord, as we come forth to you and, and present ourselves. Living sacrifices, which means we're supposed to be holy and pure. Sacrifice has to be perfect. But Lord, we're so far from perfect, but yet through Jesus Christ we are made perfect. Thank you. Oh, Lord, we love you. And we will continue to love you, and we will continue to seek you with our whole heart, Father. You are sure
0: You've been listening to a teaching from the Book of Second Kings with Pastor Dave Shank. On a sure hope, there's a theme that you notice throughout this book. A person's actions have consequences. In the case of the majority of kings in this book, it was evil actions that incurred negative consequences. Do you think God enjoys handing out consequences for sin? On the contrary, just as a parent would prefer willful obedience, God desires for people to seek after him and follow what he says because it's best for them. When that isn't the case, it grieves him to put forth discipline. But it's always with a heart for people to come back to him for their good. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AsureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time in God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Everything you need to know is on our website, com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 2 Kings today. We hope you'll join us again on Assure Hope
1: i